Hey everyone, Jeremy L. Jones here, author of Ruins of Empire. So we have a little problem here at Ruins of Empire HQ. It seems producer Sean has run out of the high-grade producer chow that I have been feeding him. Now, sure, I could go out and get the cheap stuff, but I find the premium product gives him a little more energy and keeps his beard nice and shiny. So if you want to help this project and keep Sean's bowl filled, you can find copies of the entire Ruins of Empire series available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can follow along with the podcast, and it helps pay bills around these parts. And trust me, you're not going to want to clean his cage if I have to go for the bargain brand. listening to Ruins of Empire, Templum Veneris, book two of the Ruins of Empire Project, a serial podcast novel by Jeremy L. Jones, read by the author. Chapter 31. Despite the corporate attempt to conceal the truth of the fall, new information comes to light even as I write this. Recently uncovered documents suggest that Diana Adriana was not among those who fled the planet to escape annihilation from the corporation military. A radio recording has recently been discovered that appears to be the last address from the Lady of Fire to her people. If authentic, it not only provides proof that a large portion of the surviving Brazilian population escaped to an extraterrestrial colony, but also proves that Diana Adriana did not flee as corporation propaganda would suggest. A thorough investigation into corporate records will be required to discover any more about Adriana's fate. While wild speculation is ultimately fruitless, I would like to believe that the Lady of Fire fought next to the people she loved until the end. From the Fall, First Addendum, The Brazilian Wars Rediscovered by Martin Raff. Vago filled a clay mug with hydromel and sat down next to the Arenha in the great hall of the Salagran. Isabel, being the type who would sit on a throne while her city burned, took her usual place at her private table against the wall opposite the giant doors. While they waited for Gabriel to arrive, the Casario warriors forced the Cytherian soldiers to sit or stand in a tight circle in the middle of the room. The members of the invading force stood or paced along the perimeter with their lancefogo at the ready. Isra stood next to Vega, watching the scene as well. Her eye flicked around the room, looking at the faces, nervous tics, or anything else that might warn her of impending danger. Or maybe she was just trying to hide her own fear. You spent time with Gabriel. Do you think he will see reason? She asked to break the silence. Vago shifted. He is loyal to his Arenha. I got a feeling he's more loyal towards Cytheria. Convince him that Isabel's been playing his people all along, and to their detriment, and he might turn. Problem is, I think it might take more than a pile of guns to make that happen. What else can we show him? She asked flatly. Still working the details on that. A small, evil cackle from the Arenha made them turn around. Gabriel's loyalty is absolute, Isabel said, smiling. He and my people will fight you until the last man dies. You will not leave this place alive. Vago sighed and put his mug down on the table. He shot a glance at Isra, thinking about how scarily similar the two women were. And what makes you say that, Arenha Isabel? He added a sarcastic tone to her official title. When Gabriel arrives, you'll have one choice. How you want to die. Surrender, and you will receive an honorable execution. You have shown bravery and cunning. Cytheria respects that. Resist, 
and the rest of your life will be spent in misery and pain. I think I will take both your eyes. She looked at Isra, still smiling. You I will keep as you are, for now. I want you to watch as I blind and dismember your people. And when your suffering becomes too much, I will take you to a dark place and leave you there. You will starve in darkness. The only sustenance you will have for that short time will be those memories. Isra marched around to the front of the table and pointed Vago's gun at Isabel's head. Threaten all you wish, Isra hissed angrily. Your spell is broken. We have shown Cytheria that it does not need you. Your cruelty and oppression will not be tolerated any longer. The Arenha barely flinched. Really? You have brought Casario to the center of the city, threatened its soldiers and its Arenha. If anything, the people will be more afraid. And if I die, then I will die a martyr of Cytheria. The citizens will never again question the wisdom of our rule. Isra and Vago exchanged brief but nervous glances. How had neither of them thought of that? For some reason, Vago had it in his mind that, even if they failed, what they accomplished would create such a disruption in Cytherian society that nothing would ever be the same. That wasn't the case, and Isra realized it just as Vago did. If Cytheria ran on fear, then they were trying to put out a fire by throwing gasoline on it. Vago looked out at the Casario, holding watch over their captives. A few overheard the conversation so far, and it was spreading through the room in hushed tones and whispers. A loud bang on the wooden doors caused everyone in the room to jump. Vago stood up, drank the rest of the honey wine, and slammed the mug down. Very well, Arenha. If victory is the only option, then that's the one we go with. Vago crossed the room, drew his gun, and ordered nearby Corsario to open the door a crack. They pulled it open just enough for Vago to see Gabriel and the entire Scytherian army just behind him in the courtyard. Lower your weapon, Gabriel called out. I have come to discuss the release of Arenha Isabel Maximiliano. Well? asked Isra, approaching closer. Vago leaned back inside and holstered his weapon. Looks like we're in trouble. He's using all three of her names. He glanced back at Isra's unamused face and added, He wants to talk. That's promising, at least. He leaned back toward the cracked door and called, Isra and I will come out to talk. If anything happens to us, the Arenha and everyone else in here dies. Understand? Gabriel sneered. If the Arenha remains unharmed, then no harm will come to you. Vega, with his back to the door, exchanged looks with Isra. They reached an agreement that didn't need to be stated out loud. Isra would take the lead in the negotiations, and Vega would provide support if required. Everything needed to be flawless. As they walked out through the doors, the soldiers parted, forming a very long, dangerous corridor. Hundreds of eyes watched them. Hundreds of hands tightened around spears. One word from Gabriel, and the walls would close in, and the only question would be how many spears their combined bodies could hold without falling apart. The Cytherian captain waited at the end of the line. As they approached, he handed his spear to a soldier nearby and took off his crested helmet. Isra stopped and took a deep breath. I want you to know that Arenha Isabel is safe and in our custody. She is being treated in a fashion befitting her station. We are here to negotiate her release. Gabriel stepped forward so that he towered over the relatively small woman. Very well, he said. If you release her and the rest of the people inside the Salah, I will guarantee you an honorable death. We have demands, Isra interrupted. First and foremost is the safety of our crew and everyone involved with. Gabriel leaned forward and shouted in her face. There will be no demands. 
You have betrayed us, led enemies into our city, and defiled a sacred space and the honor of our Arinha. The only option you have is to give up and die quickly. The honor of Cytheria demands nothing less. There it was again, Vago thought. There was something about Gabriel's face, especially his eyes. Vago found them striking when he first arrived. They were deep blue and seemed to follow Vago wherever he went. The shape of his face, the way his jaw was set. Vago had seen it somewhere else. His mind reeled as he tried to put it together. Isra composed herself. Gabriel, captain of the Cytherian Guard, I have come in good faith. Help me to reach a compromise. There will be no compromise. Gabriel raised his hand as if he might hit her, but she didn't flinch. Turn around and tell your men to surrender their weapons and release the Arenha. I will not ask again. Isra took a step back. I will not accept any deal that does not, at least, consider the safety of my people. Without that, I cannot guarantee the safety of the Arenha. Gabriel smiled. Stupid girl. I would rather the Arenha die by my own hand than watch the Cytherian army surrender to the likes of you. The Arenha protects her people, not the other way around. If she has to die to protect this city, she will die a hero. Vago felt the urge to say something. He touched Easter on the shoulder. They exchanged glances, and she nodded. He stepped forward. Gabriel, listen to me. You have sacrificed so much to defend the city. The Arenha sacrifices nothing. She does not lose soldiers when the Casario raid. She does not witness friends and comrades die at the Modesto Wall. And she has never been forced to leave a child. Vago stopped as a realization hit. At that moment, Vega remembered where he'd seen that look before. What is it, Vago? Isra whispered. Vago leaned close to Isra. Stall for just a moment. I gotta get someone. Before Isra could protest, Vago ran back through the lines of soldiers and into the Sala Grande. The Casario soldiers, nervously watching the captive Cytherians, straightened up when Vago entered, anxious for any news. Alexandra! Vago called out. Alexandra, I need your help. Like a Sario warrior, pacing near the captives, with his lance of fogo cradled in his arms, looked up suspiciously at Vago, but approached. Come with me. Hurry! Vago turned back toward the main doors. What is going on? Will the Cytherians attack? Alexandra asked, while following behind. Just come with me. Vago paused by the open door. And leave your weapon here. Alexandra leaned his musket against the wall and followed Vago outside. The minute the Casario's eyes adjusted to the brightness, and he saw the armed and ready Cytherians nearly surrounding him, he almost bolted back inside. But Vago motioned for him to continue forward. Gabriel watched Alexandra approach with the same expression most people use when they look at the bottom of their shoe to see what they just stepped in. Vago and Alexandra stopped just a few feet away from Gabriel. The captain looked his enemy over, and the expression on his face didn't change much. Who is this man? Alexandra, for his part, glared at Gabriel with such a look of hatred that Vega was nervous that he might do something stupid. He started to speak, but Vega jumped in first. Gabriel, I want you to meet your son, Alexandra. For the first time, Gabriel actually looked at the man Vega brought before him. The thing was, Gabriel and Alexandra appeared almost identical, especially around the eyes. Take Gabriel, throw away the Cytherian fineries, have him lose some of his bulk, soften some of the hard lines in his face... Add scrubby facial hair and long, matted dreadlocks, and you'd have Alexandra. In a sense, they looked like the same person from two parallel universes whose lives had taken drastically different directions. And now, both men stood and stared open-mouthed as they tried to process what they were seeing. 
Their eyes scanned every inch of each other, as if looking for something, anything that would make it all not true. Gabriel was the first to speak. He raised his hand as if he were about to touch his son's face. How? How is that possible? Alexandra backed away from the soldier. There's a long-standing agreement. We didn't know with whom, but we rescue and care for the children discarded by the city. In return, we got weapons and were told where we could safely raid. It has been that way since before I was born. Gabriel shook his head. What agreement? Isra looked at Vago and smiled. He stepped back and let Isra take it from here. It is how the Arain Ha controls the city. We found where she was storing Lanza Fogo inside the Salah. She tells them which farms to attack. It is how she knew that a major attack was coming today. Gabriel blinked back tears. The Casario. The Casario are Scytherians, Isra explained. They are your sons and daughters, nieces and nephews, tossed outside the city where they could be molded into your worst fear. Gabriel stepped forward and placed his hand on Alexandra's shoulder. Alexander, son, I didn't know. Alexandra straightened up. His face remained hard, but to Vago, it looked as if he too were fighting to keep from giving in to the moment. I... My people assumed that those who were left were rejected by their family. Gabriel stepped forward and hugged the younger man. It was not my decision. I was not even present when you were born. Your mother told me that you were deemed unworthy. He released Alexandra, stepped back, and looked at the Sala Grande. It was the Arenha. She made the decision. There was only one thing left to do, but it would be risky. Vago turned and charged back through the slightly open doors of the Salah. The Casario standing nearby looked startled as he ran inside. They seemed to press closer to their captives. The muzzles of their lanzafogo shook as they did. Vago went around the room, touching the end of their barrels to lower them. Be calm. There'll be no fight. The Arenha's lies have come to an end. Come with me. See what Sathiria really is. He moved toward the door, beckoning several to follow him, and they emerged in groups of four or five and stopped dead in front of the line of Scytherian soldiers. Vago swallowed hard as he watched more and more Casario warriors file out of the Salah. Once they saw the Scytherians, they held their weapons close to their body and waited. The Scytherians, in turn, stood frozen on the opposite side, waiting for some sign of aggression from the murderous savages from beyond the wall. For several tense moments, Vega wondered if he had acted too soon. There was still so much hatred and mistrust. This could just as easily end in a pitched battle as it could in any kind of alliance. The crowd on the Scytherian side opened up. Isra walked out with Gabriel and Alexandra on either side, a look of supreme confidence on her face. She stopped between the two groups and gave Gabriel a meaningful look. Gabriel cleared his throat, turned and addressed his men. Our job is to defend the city and the people of Scytheria. We've done this job with honor, but we never asked who we were fighting. He turned to Alexandra. We have been fighting our children and our brothers. Lost to us because the Arain Ha required that we have an enemy. We lived in fear so that she could control us. He extended his hand toward Alexandra. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of being controlled. Alexandra looked at the outstretched hand for a moment. Then he smiled, took it, pulled his father in close, and embraced him. The assembled crowd cheered. Slowly at first, both sides began to break ranks and greet the other. As more and more people crossed over, there were a few more cries of, Father, Son, Daughter. Scytherians and Casario found themselves face to face with family they never knew existed. For most, there was only a handshake or a quick embrace. 
They were simple gestures, but Vega could almost feel a great burden lift from the people gathered in that courtyard. After a few moments, his attention, and the attention of many assembled there, turned back to the Salah. Isabel was getting impatient. She was confident in Gabriel's ability to handle the situation, but what was taking so long? She looked at the handful of Casario still holding her and the rest of the Cytherians hostage. Surely the ones that Vago let outside were dead, or were about to be very shortly. This small force wouldn't last a moment against the full extent of the Cytherian military. So what was taking so long? The door opened again, and that horrible man, Vago, entered with an insolent smirk. Isabel frowned. This man should have been dead long before now, and yet he was walking into her salah as if he'd just won the battle. Arena Isabel Maximiliano, he said, taking off his hat, bowing in mock respect, and befouling her native language with his poor pronunciation. I'm proud to say Gabriel and I have reached an agreement. Isabel stood. Is that right? Vago straightened up and placed his hat back on his head. It is. You and your people are now free to go. The Casario backed away from their captives. Isabel walked between the tables toward the open door, then stopped and glared at Vago. I will return shortly, and when Gabriel takes this Salah again, you will regret the dishonor you have shown to me and this place. Vago bowed again. I have no doubt, Arena. That was enough time wasted with these awful people from Earth. She tossed her copper-colored hair back and walked toward the main door. Once she had blinded them all, she would see to it that they all died. They would cause too much trouble as a culto. It would be better if this moment in history were erased forever. She would have to see to Joanna as well and make sure all those troublesome devices were destroyed. It had been a mistake to invite people from Earth here. It was a shame. A powerful invasion from Earth would have shored up power for her and her house for at least another generation. But these people, they had no concept of honorable battle. They operated completely by deceit and treachery. It was best to be rid of them forever. Isabel stopped just outside the main doors of the Salah. What she saw didn't make any sense. There should have been a terrible slaughter outside, but when she emerged, she saw lines of Cytherians and Casario raising spear, sword, and lance of fogo in her direction as she walked out. Gabriel stepped forward with his helmet in hand. Isabel, Cytherian law states that any citizen who harms a person under the protection of Cytheria is guilty of treason against this great city. She glanced at the soldiers, both Cytherian and Casario, as they surrounded her. She hissed at Gabriel. What is the meaning of this madness? The law of Cytheria also states that any person born within Cytheria's borders, unless found guilty of a crime, is entitled to the protection of the Cytherian state, which, it turns out, means the Casario are included in that law. Gabriel continued. A Cytherian soldier and a Casario appeared on either side. They both pulled her hands behind her back and secured them with metal cuffs. This is an outrage, screamed Isabel, struggling. You cannot do this. I am Arenha of Cytheria. Gabriel bowed slightly. The Arenha has made clear the punishment for such violations. A person guilty of treason will be stripped of their ability to fight, and they will wear the robes of a culto for the rest of their life. Gabriel stepped forward until his face was inches from the Arenha. Or perhaps it would be more fitting if such a traitor were banished from the city. This is a unique case, and it must be considered carefully. I will call for a new consejo. 
one made of both Cytherian and Cassario. They will decide the fate of Arenha Isabel Maximiliano. You have been listening to The Ruins of Empire, Templum Veneris, the second book of The Ruins of Empire Project. The Ruins of Empire podcast was written by Jeremy L. Jones and produced by Sean Vincent. Cover art was by Nick Martin. Music was Predator by Purple Planet at purpleplanet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 license. A small, evil cackle from the Arenha made them turn around. Yeah, exactly. That, right. That, that sound exactly. <laughs> I was picturing it. Sorry. With her little, like, fingers, like, excellent. You good? Yeah, good. Okay. City of Geeks, independent new media produced in Idaho.